0: Welcome into Daily Delivery. My name is Noel Otto I'm filling in today for Michael Rand. It's a Friday and uh, we have quite a bit to talk about. Jerry Zagoda will be joining us on the show here in just a little bit. You'll get to hear from him on anything from the Loons coverage that he's been up to as well as some of the golf. He'll be covering the 3M Open this next week. And um that's all going on while the Loons have a couple of Leagues Cup matches that I will be on site for while he's doing that. So we'll be able to chop it up um, later on in the show. But to open things up, if you don't remember, it, I was on with Michael maybe two, three weeks ago just to introduce myself. I'm an intern here at the Star Tribune, just the Arizona State kid you may have heard about. Um, I was doing a lot of links, a lot of Loons, and even some Aurora stuff at the time. And in recent, in the recent week, I should say, I've had the time to really look into this piece on Maddie Darling It's not published yet. It'll go up sometime this weekend. Keep an eye out for it. But it was a really involved story. Um, Maddie, given what she has been able to do after her time at Edina High School wrapped up in 2022. Um, If you don't know or you aren't aware, Maddie uh, was perhaps the best soccer player in the state of Minnesota for multiple years. Um, She was the Star Tribune's Female Athlete of the Year, and from then, she's only added to the accolades on her resume. She went to North Carolina, perhaps, I shouldn't even say perhaps in that case, that North Carolina, one of the most historically successful women's soccer programs ever, uh, 20 plus national championships uh, since I would say the 1980s. And Anson Dorrance, you know, one of the best coaches, legendary coach in that particular space, um, he coached Maddie as a freshman this past year. She picked up five or so starts throughout the year while playing in every game. And that was, you know, really good experiences for Maddie to really, you know, get her feet wet as she goes into really a career that has, you know, a high ceiling, limitless, if you will. Um earlier this summer, she competed with the under-20 national team at the CONCACAF Championships in the D- Dominican Republic. And she had done that. She had made the roster 21 players after being a late add to a an under-18, under-19 camp before then, that was her first ever experience with the national team in any respect. And the only reason she was in that position in the first place was because Damon Nahas, a North Carolina assistant coach, called and recommended her to the U-20 coach, Tracy Kevins. And that's all it took. You know, she, she kind of fell under the radar in terms of, you know, as she went through her high school years, she was, she was dominant if you were following women's soccer in Minnesota, but the attention obviously didn't reach to that level until recently. And really, that is part of the story. That is part of Maddie's story and what she's been able to do in terms of bringing exposure, positive exposure back to the state. Because not long after she was named to the under-20 roster, a teammate of hers from Edina, Izzy Angle, she's going to be a senior this next year, got an invite to the under-17 camp that was going to take place in North Carolina around the same time that she was going to be in the Dominican Republic. And... I'm not telling you this to say that was a direct cause as to why Izzy Angle got a look because Maddie was doing as well as she was, but I talked to their coach, Katie the Dinah High School women's soccer coach, and she was pretty confident that Maddie had something to do with it in terms of, you know, just, again, her storied, Sort of success outside of the state reflecting back well um, to the state and those who are who are coming up behind her and really you know there's been some good soccer players, women soccer players that have come out of Minnesota uh, you know it's not to to tell Maddie's stories not to deny that at all. Uh, Brianna Scurry, obviously that's a big one. She was the last Minnesotan to compete for the U S women's national team. And she retired in 2008 and Maddie Darlene, Well, she's well on her way toward that. It's probably the closest, the best chance the state has to getting U S women's national team member in a very long while. All right. And, you know, for, for the story, I didn't just talk to Maddie. I didn't just talk to to Katie. I talked to probably eight or nine people who all sort of contributed to this idea that the further Maddie goes in her career, the better it is for Minnesota women's soccer amid what was described, characterized by some at least, as this next wave, this new wave of players coming from the state, coming from that pipeline that can really make an impact on the soccer scene outside of Minnesota. And Maddie in particular was vocal about, Players she watched growing up who didn't get the same sort of exposure or enough of the spotlight that she felt they probably should have. Teammates of hers on her club team, Minnesota Thunder Academy. Um, Caitlin McBean was one of them. She's now at Penn State, was on the All Big Ten freshman team. You had others like Sophia Bowman she brought up. She's at University of Minnesota. She's been there for three seasons now. All Big Ten second team twice. Made All Big Ten freshman team as well. But neither of those two and many others who could be considered good players out of Minnesota didn't get any national team exposure. National team, national camps. And as you can tell, The point is that within a couple of weeks, you had Angle get the U-17 invite. You had Maddie make the U-20 team after she was evaluated in her first ever camp at 18 years old. And then, to top it all off, Maddie goes to the Dominican Republic and leads that team to a runner-up finish. But in her first start, she didn't play the first game, the second game she got her start, she got her opportunity, and she scored a hat trick. So, when you have a player like that, who's just ready to take advantage of the opportunities that come to them, who can really be a pioneer for a particular sport, that's there's a story to be told there. And, In this case, I was able to tell it and you can read that here in the next day or so when that goes live on our site. You can find it in the Sunday paper if you're feeling up for it. And that's that. That's how I've been spending a lot of my time. And now after this short ad break from MGM, we'll return to talk to Jerry Zoda, here he's been up to. Again, lots of loons, and then coming up, some golf as well. We'll be right back. MGM Wine & Spirits is the choice for savings, service, and a great selection of spirits, pre-mixed cocktails, wines, and of course, ice-cold beers and hard seltzers. With over 30 locations throughout the Twin Cities and beyond, there is an MGM near you. Head to mgmwineandspirits.com to find a convenient location in your area. Get social. Follow MGM on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and trends. Make great moments with MGM Wine & Spirits, your locally owned and operated choice for over 50 years. Save time, save money. Shop MGM. Now we'll welcome in Jerry Zagoda. Um, Jerry, I just wanted to first, before we get into Loons, 3M Open, golf stuff, I know you got a lot going on. How was your trip to Sweden? Uh, I know you had you spent some time up there. It's just, uh, I've never been, so I, I'm curious. It was, it was great. I've never
1: been there. I never really, it was never really on my list of things to do, but it's a beautiful city and, uh, it's, it's kind of a weird place where uh, you go to bed and 2.20, the birds start chirping because at 3 a.m., uh, it starts to get light because it's so far north, so in the summertime, but it's just a beautiful city. Uh, architecture is great. It's kind of on the water with all these uh, hundreds of islands and the kind of the barrier islands. I took a cruise out eight hours out and back, my last full day there, and reminded me a little bit of uh, northern Minnesota meets Puget Sound in uh, Washington. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was great. I, I went for I went for the final two Elton John concert uh, tour uh, on, on his farewell tour, and it just so happened to, because of all the COVID and all the scheduling, that ended up being Stockholm. But it was it, it was certainly worth the trip. Lots of lots of people, even including a couple from Minnesota, had the same idea as me, and we all went. So it was fun.
0: Oh, really? Okay. How long
1: were you there for? Six days. Six days day to get acclimated, a couple days to actually kind of see the, the city and two nights for the – we play two shows on a Friday and Saturday night. So and I just lucked out. I had a ticket for Saturday night show, and just before I went in, it was on the side. It was a fine ticket. I, I walked uh, up to the box office and said, have you dropped any good singles? And they lifted up a ticket and said, best seat in the house, front row, right in front of the piano. So it was a great way to say goodbye. Oh, certainly, certainly.
0: I'm not. I'm not huge Elton John fan, but different generation too young, for sure.
1: Too young, but there were lots of all ages, were kids from eight to people eighty-five probably. So mm-hmm. he, he crosses all the demographics.
0: I'll believe it. Um, well, since you've been back, the uh, loons obviously have had some pickups um, since the new transfer window has been opened. Recently, Ethan Bristow, a new defender, has been added to the roster. Um, in your story, you mentioned Heath said he'll not be available for about a month here, maybe until after this, this League's Cup break. Um, was was that sort of expected? Is it just a matter of uh, incorporating him into well, the team? I
1: guess in an emergency, he'd, he'd be available. I just think they don't want to throw him into this right now, you know, just Give them, give them a month here to kind of get acclimated in practice. They've got time to do that, and then when the MLS season resumes, what August 20th when we uh, get back going here, then then move move him in. You know, there's a chance things always change. There's a chance that could change, and you could see him before then. But I think I think Adrian just wants to kind of get him in and get him acclimated, and get his conditioning up, and then then bring in the last a uh, couple of months there of the season.
0: How much is is he really needed at that at left center back position? Uh, really, I mean, you have Ke- Kamar Lawrence, Eric Valentine, Devin Paddleford. It seems like there's a lot of depth uh, personnel at that position. Uh, as you see it, what what does his um, addition sort of mean? Is it just sort of a back a backup to the backups, or how does that play out? He's a uh-huh. guy
1: that they can put with uh, Paddleford, and uh, you know have. Guys for the future, the next two three years, you know, this is a move for for July or August. It's made for next year and the year after. I think it with uh, with the club options, I think it goes to twenty twenty six. So with him and Padelford, they, um, you know, I think that's what that move was made for. You've got you can move uh, um, Zarek over if you need to. You can move D, D. J Taylor over. Tamar Lawrence is back, so um, you know it, it got a lot of attention. But I I, I not sure how much you're going to see him or how much of a payoff there's going to be this year on it.
0: Mm-hmm. There's uh, obviously a lot of other offensive signings. Temu Puki, Ishmael Tazuri shradi uh, and then they obviously brought up Emmanuel Iwe. Those are those are sort of offensive uh, bolstered signings. How does that now play into this next month-long break when they go into these Leagues Cup matches? How does Heath – uh, approach it from you know what he's told you um, in recent weeks in terms of you know playing those players or maybe getting some others involved. I, I recognize the roster released for the League's Cup had around four uh, Minnesota United FC two players on it. Um, how, how does that look?
1: Well, I think it gives some time to, to play um, Kuki and, and Ray more. Um, I think you'll see that. The interesting thing is, uh, the other day, Adrian was asked about it and gave every indication that this isn't going to be a situation like the U.S. Open Cup, you know, where they're going to bring guys up. They may bring guys up from the, from the twos, but they're not going to bring them up and put them in the roster, two or three guys, and, you know, really change the roster um, to give other guys a chance who haven't been playing much. I think that he's going to go. I think he's going to take this first league's cup seriously and, uh, you know, go with his best players and then, see what's next after that you know after they get through that game and with uh, Chicago coming up uh um because if you don't advance out of the, the two teams out of your three team group it's a long way to the next uh MLS game you know you got about three you're gonna have three weeks sitting here waiting so he wants to he wants to win those games and advance and uh and and take it seriously and you know give it a chance to to I'll just call him Izzy you know to figure out where what role he plays to, to see how Uh, Ray and Pookie do and and how much they can kind of grow that chemistry so I think that's what those games are going to be it'll be be interesting it's a kind of kind of a foreign concept for well not for soccer fans but for American sports fans although the NBA is doing a version of that I guess next year with a tournament within the season but uh, this hitting uh, Mexico versus the MLS is a it's it's the first time for committing this this amount of time. We'll see how, how it goes over. Mm-hmm.
0: What's your early temperature check on on Tamu Puki? Uh, obviously, it's really in the early stages. Um, but in terms of his fits, um, you had written a story about Tajiri Sharadi. Certainly, that you know he had really come on uh, with with contributions in his first couple of matches. Um, but but for Puki, right, the big signing. Um, how does that – is it something that fans can still have the same excitement about, um, you know, as he sort of solidifies himself within the team? Well, he had
1: other chances, but the, the big thing was that one chance he had on that run that Ray fed him the perfect – perfect. Mm-hmm. you know, he had the opportunity, he scored. And that's something this team hasn't had. I mean, uh, Bongi's showing signs that maybe he can become that guy, but, you know, they're strikers. They get their chances, and they don't finish that uh, – that final ball, and and you could tell just the poise that he had, and not on the run where he put it, uh, the guy knows how to score goals. So um, he's, he's had other chances uh, that that didn't come about, but uh, that one you could just say, yeah, that, that that guy's a goal scorer. Now we'll see, you know, how that plays out long term. He's he's thirty three, but uh, give him and Ray some time, and let's let's see what they can do together.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. In addition to loons. Uh, there's some golf coming up. You had a story come out on the Herons family, rich tradition there. Um, three young Herons were at the State Am. Uh, how fulfilling was it for you to tell that story, you know, given what Carson and Tim had done, um, you know, on PGA level and, and all of that to really see the next generation come through?
1: Yeah, I just, someone sent me a, a note and said, you know, there, there's three Herons in the our three brothers in the in the state am and it just was kind of an interesting you know we don't cover that stuff a lot we'll 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 do it in the the briefly section but we don't send reporters out like we did in the old days just because of staffing and all that stuff but uh when a good story comes along i think patrick's working on the the guy uh caleb i'm not going to try to pronounce his his last name from blaine who won the state open by nine strokes and won the state Mm -hmm. am by 12 strokes so when a good story like that comes along and we'll see if we'll see him maybe in the Monday qualifying for the 3M, uh, just so dominant. When a good story like that comes along, that's a good thing to tell. I, you know, on, a, on the golf beat, I did a story maybe what, three, four weeks ago on interlock and completely redoing their course. Um, uh, in the hopes of, I think somewhere down the line of maybe getting more big events, they've got to get U S women's open coming, but, uh, Kind of re- restoring it to the way Donald Ross left it 100 years ago so there's good golf stories out there we try to get to them when we can
0: mm-hmm. you mentioned the 3m upcoming this next week uh what's the lowdown on that and you you said maybe someone from the state M could could potentially qualify for that no
1: yeah I'm waiting to see if if uh, Caleb's going to be in that um uh, if uh to qualify there's a couple of I don't know if there's anyone left or if Monday is the last one left out of Victory Lynx. But uh, the other thing to kind of watch on here is I'm watching the, the British Open right now and watching uh, a guy like Justin Thomas not not headed for making the cut again for like at least the third time this year in a major. And he's outside the, the top 70 FedEx Cup points. He's out. He's outside that. There's two more tournaments left after the the British, this and the uh, the three M and the Wyndham. It'll be interesting to see him, if he and anybody else like maybe Shane Lowry who's right now outside the top seventy decide to play in the three M just to get try to get their points up. Um, you know, before this year it was one hundred and twenty was the cutoff line. Now they made it seventy and and, and uh, fifty, so that those points became at the end of the year become e- even more valuable. So we'll see if you see JT show up here. I think they announced it, you know, the field. You have to put in uh, the deadline to register by late uh, Friday afternoon. Now, guys can always drop out after that, but we'll see what the field looks like and see if anybody sort of unexpected drops in here at the end because they need, they need the points to, to get into the playoffs.
0: Right, with playoffs coming up. the The sleepers, I feel like, you know, especially in golf <laughs> – They're always, they're always there. No, I mean, uh, you mentioned Justin Thomas, Uh, there's sometimes there's the big names that that maybe don't, like you say, uh, make the cut, or they're just not on their game uh, in any given stretch. For you, you know, headed into this next, this next week, are there others who you would expect? Or is it mostly sort of solidified in your head about who's going to be competing?
1: Well, uh, the, it'll be. Uh, I, I think the field of is probably pretty set. The, the the one good thing they've got going for them in, in this summer, you know, with all the disturbance with the live golf and all that stuff, and uh, these designated tournaments that have drawn better fields, it's made it a little even harder for tournaments such as three M to uh, to get a field. You're, you're still the one thing they got going is they've got a star uh, defending champ coming back at Tony Fino, you know, a guy that, that people know and. Hasn't won a major yet, um, but, you know, he's won, I think, what, three times since he won here. He won the next week in Detroit, and then he won in the fall in November, and then he won again in April, I think, in, in Mexico. So he's a guy who's, you know, after so many second-place finishes is starting to, to to win a little, and now he comes back here. He likes Minnesota. He's got um, uh, relatives who live here. And uh, then then you've got six – I won't name all of them, but you got six uh, – Major champs in the field, guys like Hideki Matsuyama, a um, little, little older, uh, time back, guys like Stuart Sink who won the British Open. So you got guys with with um, names and pedigrees, and, uh, and then we'll see if there's any other surprises. But uh, you know, if they can get a uh, star defending champ back, I mean, and then I had guys like they had, I think Gary Woodland and Billy Horschel, uh, some you know, some names of guys. Uh, in, in Woodland's case, the U.S. Open champ. Uh, I think that might be enough. They're they're, they're trying to make this like a, a party, you know. They're they're building mm-hmm. stuff on the fair way to make it more like, you know, the waste management open in Phoenix make it loud and make it fun to come to and and uh we'll see. I think there's they're what, in their fourth or fifth year of a seven year deal. We'll see what the future brings in terms of trying to get a date that's not the week after the British, which makes it hard to attract the field, you know, if, if they can get Uh, you know, maybe something earlier when school's letting out in, in in June, um, I don't think they want to be their first year. They were on the 4th of July weekend. I don't think they want to be there, but we'll see what the next couple of years bring for, for
0: possibly a a change of date. Yeah. So there's a higher ceiling is what you're saying to, to what this event can mean. Um, a, a week removed, there's, there's fatigue, right? You mentioned, um, not being able to track certain players to this particular event, um, I mean, that that's incentive enough, is it not? To to really try and seriously consider uh, a change, drastic change.
1: Well, there I know I know they're trying, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see when the when the schedule comes out for next year of what they do. You know, in response to the live golf, they added these designated tournaments, which are the more um, ones that have been around longer. They really boosted the 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 purses to get that and that kind of you know. Made it even tougher for, for tournaments like the 3M. We'll see where they where they end up. I doubt that they'll get a designated tournament just because of the amount of, of, the amount of money somebody's going to have, whether it's a sponsor 3M or somebody's going to have to put up to to get to get something like that. So, um, you know, I think I think they're probably stuck. they set at least for the next year where they where they're at. But uh, I think the schedule's coming out not too long in time. Maybe within the next month, they will be. Intriguing to see what the schedule looks like. Because right now, there's not a lot of answers for just what this quote-unquote merger means with, be, be, between the two, two entities.
0: All right. Appreciate it, Jerry. You have a good one. And Thanks, uh, hopefully we can have you back on soon. Okay. Anytime. That's going to do it here for this edition of The Daily Delivery. My name is Noah Furtado. You can reach me at noah.furtado.com at StarTribune.com. I'm also on Twitter, underscore, first name, last name, Noah Furtado. Thank you, folks. so nice to take care of this podcast episode while Michael takes a well-deserved day off and he'll be back soon enough for the next Daily Delivery. Have a good one.